Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C, we have Kate and Kirsty and Tina and Marla and Rob and Todd and Derek and Craig and Paul so far. Good to see everyone. Hope all is doing well. We will be talking about the 76th chapter today, about bending and yielding and being flexible and all that stuff that I don't want to do. (laughs) 76th chapter. You going to read for us, Kate? All right. First translation. A man is born gentle and weak. At his death, he is hard and stiff. Green plants are tender and filled with sap. At their death, they are withered and dry. Therefore, the stiff and unbending is the disciple of death. The gentle and yielding is the disciple of life. Thus, an army without flexibility never wins a battle. A tree that is unbending is easily broken. The hard and strong will fall. The soft and weak will overcome. Second translation. Men are born soft and supple. Dead, they are stiff and hard. Plants are born tender and pliant. Dead, they are brittle and dry. Thus, whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. The hard and stiff will be broken. The soft and supple will prevail. Third translation. The living are soft and yielding. The dead are rigid and stiff. Living plants are flexible and tender. The dead are brittle and dry. Those who are stiff and rigid are the disciples of death. Those who are soft and yielding are the disciples of life. The rigid and stiff will be broken. The soft and yielding will overcome. Final translation. A baby's body is soft and gentle. A corpse is hard and stiff. Plants and trees are tender and full of sap. Dead leaves are brittle and dry. If you are rigid and unyielding, you might as well be dead. If you are soft and flexible, you are truly alive. Soldiers trained to fight to the death will die. A tree that cannot bend with the wind will snap. Here's a useful saying. The harder they come, the harder they fall. Here's another. The meek shall inherit the earth. Comments? Imagine if we were inflexible at a time like this. Imagine if humans were inflexible and we didn't we could not adapt to this situation that we're in. It would be certain death. So this chapter makes perfect sense at this moment. But aren't some people going kicking and screaming, though? Certain death. <laughs> they, might be, they might be bending outside, but they're not bending inside. And uh, what does that do? It, I mean, it just uh, makes you more miserable if you're inflexible. I, I know people like this who are they're steadfast in their opinions. They are, seem to me the most unhappy people. Yes. Craig? 
Yeah, just on what Marla was saying, um, we need we need to be like this. More, more particularly when we come into, if we, if we look at the specifics as to why we're here, we're, we're focusing on recovery. We need to be flexible when we come into recovery because we cannot we cannot change with the same attitude that got us into this fix in the first place. We have to be able to be open and receptive to to things changing and, and have to accept the fact that things are going to be different. Um, I can't not I can't stop drinking if I'm keeping drinking. The same behaviours and the same attitudes are going to actually keep me away from making myself better. And I think in the, the current situation that we are in, I've just I've just received notification from my job that I'm I'm going to be here for the next for the next nine weeks. I'm off until the end of May now, so I'm I'm now going to need to be flexible in my attitudes towards what's going on in my household. Um, and that's that's going to mean a lot of love, a lot of patience, a lot of tolerance on on my behalf, and accepting the fact that other people are going through things at the same time as what I'm going through. How they handle it may be different to how I handle it, but I just need to make sure my side of the street's clean and I have to adapt to the, other, the needs of the other people in the household as well at the moment. Just as they've adapted to the way that I behave when I came into recovery, because when I came into recovery, I was I was volatile. I wasn't receptive to changing. I thought everything else had to change, not me. Why, why should I have to change? It's everybody else. So I think it's definitely definitely a, a, a good chapter for where we're actually at at the moment. For anyone listening uh, that's not listening at this moment, we're in the middle of the corona uh, pandemic. So that's that's why everyone's that's what everyone's referring to. Um, all things, including the grass and trees, are soft and pliable in life, dry and brittle in death. Then uh, Star's last. This is Jonathan Star. His last stanza: "The hard and strong are defeated, while the soft and gentle triumph." And where he talks about the soft. Or the meek, which the uh, the last translation had, the tender, the soft, the pliant, the yielding, the humble, the gentle. That's all the words that could describe that attitude. Yeah, this is going to be a while because at this recording, it's first of April, April 9th. Uh, we're, we're around at least another couple of months, Craig, for sure. So this is something we just got to be flexible with. And uh, really, this flexibility, though, really talks is is about everything in life, though, isn't it? The more flexible I am about everything, the more um, the more I really succeed. Comments? I think the more flex, I think the more the more flexible I'm I'm going to be, the more I'm actually going to get out of this. Yeah, I think looking at looking at things from a from a not from a victim mindset. I'm looking at this not as an isolation. I'm looking at this as enforced solitude. I'm kind of hoping the world's going to be a, a much better place by the time we come out of this. There was an article in the, the news the other day to say that you can actually see the Himalayas in India for the first time in years because pollutions came down to such a, such a good level. Um, Kirsty? I think there's two, for me, there's two side, there's two kind of aspects to this. There's the recovery side and there's also the societal um, side. Our issues stem from unbendable opinions and points of view that has developed right from the beginning of time. One of the things that 
certainly in relation to the pandemic, is as we are all facing this together, it would be nice to think that coming out of it, there would be an appreciation for those that were different, those um, who once we would be um, scared of, those who once we would have a resentment against. Um, you know, there's, 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 there's stories of um, gangland violence being put on hold in parts of America um, so that people can, um, you know, come together as a community and fight the, the pandemic. If we are stoic and unbendable in our opinions and in our thoughts, there is no opportunity for anybody to grow. And that is really kind of where, which leads me on to recovery. If we see one person who does something a certain way, then that's great. And we learn and we take what we want from them. We take what works for us. But in like, you know, a bit like a, um, a preacher um, speaking to his um, congregation, it might fit 98% of them, but 2% might actually think very differently. And one thing the SRC has shown me is that there isn't just one way to recovery. There's lots of different ways. And what works for one person may not work for everyone. Things like communication, you know, communicating to one person can be very different to communicating to another person because you get to know people. And it's this, I guess it's an, oh God, I nearly term I know to use is kind of this emotional intelligence that we have as human beings in order to show up differently with different people and I've had to use that in recovery with different people. If I keep banging the same drum, saying, you only do it this way, you only do it this way, you only do it this way, then eventually that gets lost. I get isolated. If I isolate, I dry up and I die because I'll relapse. In being flexible, you give yourself the chance to learn new things. You know, you don't know everything. You learn new things, you grow. Just taking on, you stop being flexible, you dry up and you die. Thanks, Kirsty. I was thinking about how we could apply this. Uh, this is the Tao of Inner Peace, Diane Dreyer. Uh, this is uh, page nine in her book. The most devastating experience many people face is being fired or laid off. A non-Tao person is often destroyed, unable to move forward, to overcome the shame and confusion, many have fallen into severe de- have fallen into severe depression, have even committed suicide. The man or woman of the Tao sees crisis as an opportunity. Like the bamboo, Tao people bend and grow, adjusting to the winds of change. They look within, take stock of their lives, and set new goals. I was thinking about how we could apply this. And a way that I can be soft and yielding would be to be open-minded when someone disagrees with me, trying to understand their position instead of being frozen in mine. That can apply to so many things. Also, 
Zachy and I talked about this a while back and I have a note from that conversation. Uh, flexibility is lowering my resistance. So how can I be flexible in a situation rather than rigid? Well, acceptance is a big part of that. Because, you know, when you think about it, and this would also apply to if uh, to any relationship or uh, situation in life, if it's rigid and just inflexible and there's no life in it, uh, that's a sign for me that it may be something that's died or season's over and it's time to move on. You know, that I can identify things that are dead because they're unyielding, you know, and, and that could be with my opinions about something. I could have a dead opinion about something that I need to revisit and say, okay, this needs to change because, you know, this is causing me angst. You know, I'm disturbed when this happens and I need to, uh, I've got to learn how to be flexible in this situation. So all of that's what came to mind for me. Any comments? This comment on the Hogan translation, the meek shall inherit the earth. I did a, I pulled out my sermon on the mount, Emmett Fox. And he's got a couple of good things on that I want to share with y'all. I'm going to share the screen. I just took a couple of excerpts, uh, pages uh, 27 or so is where I'm starting. Earth means the whole of your outer experience. And to inherit the earth means to have dominion over that outer experience. That is to say, to have power to bring your conditions of life into harmony and true success. So talking about flexibility there. He's talking about everything about your life. He talks about meek and what meek means. And I thought this was pretty good. The true significance of the word meek in the Bible is a mental attitude for which there is no other single word available. And it is this mental attitude which is the secret of prosperity or success in prayer. It is a combination of open-mindedness, faith in God, and the realization that the will of God for us is always something joyous and interesting and vital and much better than anything we could think of for ourselves. This state of mind also includes a perfect willingness to allow this will of God to come about in whatever way divine wisdom considers to be best, rather than in some particular way that we have chosen for ourselves. This mental attitude, complex in analysis, but simple in itself, is the key to dominion or success in demonstration. There is no one word for it in common speech because the thing does not exist except for those who are upon a spiritual basis. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty good. If we desire to inherit the earth, we must absolutely acquire this meekness. Comments before we go to Derek Lynn. What's yeah, the, think, um, oh, go ahead, Marlon. I just wondered what the definition of meek was in the dictionary. I, when I hear meek, because that that reading you just read, quiet. It's, it's quiet, gentle, and easily imposed on submissive. Yeah, and this Surrender. is So, submissive to me means there is, it's not necessarily weak, but there is a kind of an, there is an inflexibility 
in in my mind um within that context i know we say we're powerless over certain things but we still have a certain amount element of power and what makes sense to me is is that we are powerless and we are submissive and i know from a religious point of view then that's that's kind of that that's exactly what you know was written there but in terms of the Tao and the way that it's written here for me it refers more to it, it kind of sp- speaks to me anyway um from an agnostic's perspective more as humility and willingness yes humility and open-mindedness um which which does you know translate in a way to what um you read out but there was a sense for me personally there was a an almost a sense of this is how it is there's no other definition and therefore this is kind of what it means and and for me personally that's not the case that's just my take i saw meekness as the flexibility that uh this uh, chapter is talking about paul yeah i think uh, a lot of people confuse meekness with weakness yeah and it's it's uh, it's not that it's um in my mind it's it's being willing to be open uh, to to take in different points of view and not to impose my uh, will upon others. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's why that's why that uh, uh, Emmett Fox's approach to that really spoke to me because it really is about me opening my heart. First of all, I start to value your opinion because in the past I didn't value your opinion because it wasn't my opinion, so it wasn't important. Okay, that's the first thing. You know, that we have to start loving and honoring people by listening to them. And that was one of the big things that changed for me in recovery, that I realized I did not have all of the answers. That I had to be open-minded because I just realized I didn't know everything, as I used to think. That's part of that powerlessness and that meekness that I've been learning through recovery. Uh, Rob? Yeah, kind of debate um, going here, but oh well. I was raised very, 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 very conservative, strict uh, religious background. My dad was a a brother and pastor. And if I can apply what I've been learning to what I experienced, and I'll have to admit, I, I had to step for a lot of that baggage and anger um, from my upbringing, where I'm standing now on a recovery path and taking yet another Tao principle, if everything stems from either fear or love, when an individual is so moved in a position, or I should say solid and stanced in a position that the vein is popping out of their neck as they're engaging <laughs> which happened and not my not my father my dad's cool but uh people in in that upbringing or, or anybody if somebody's jugular over a position um by definition that is not love and so if if i can apply some of the things i'm learning a person who is so rigid to the point where they're willing to get angry 
uh, I can work backwards and do an algebraic equation <laughs> on recovery. They're probably standing rigid in their position because at the root of it, they're afraid of something. And maybe in that situation, their particular little uh, view of how things are as defined by them and 50 other people on the planet, um, if that isn't true to them, they're going to go to hell. Okay, sorry for those people who don't want to talk religion, but they're going to go to hell. And that, that's a large motivator. If you think that if you don't do this way, you know, baptize forward, baptize backwards, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, if you believe this political view, that political view, if you're so jugular over it and so solid in your stance that you've got veins popping out of your neck, um, that means that you're afraid, uh, morbidly afraid of something. So um, it helps me when I encounter these people or I review these situations that happened when I was growing up, um, I can now look at it and go, well, this inflexible person was actually ravaged by fear of death. <laughs> and they're not living. And anything that they're saying or anything they're reading from whatever text or wherever they get their guidance, uh, it's not real. Because if it were real, they would have joy and peace and love and all of these these other things. So to me, this is all part of this spiritual thing that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, but now I can have compassion for these people. I was at the store the other day, and it was early in the situation, and there was a, an elderly lady who had the family over on Sunday, and she makes potatoes on Sunday, every Sunday, for the last 58 years. And she was having a meltdown at age 80. She was having a meltdown in a public um, grocery store um, because, and it worked through the algebraic equation, probably because she was afraid of letting down her family. And she was afraid of failing, and her self-image was based on this meal that she prepares every Sunday. Regardless of, you know, we got a pandemic. There are no potatoes. At, now there are, but at this point there were none. We bought all the potatoes and toilet paper at I don't, I don't get that, but anyway, they've got enough for 58 years. Um, but now I can look at people and I can go, oh, or myself, if I'm getting old, I can go, oh, I'm, I'm in fear. Okay, let's work backwards. Why am I, what am I afraid of, right? And what's the worst thing that can happen? I could die. I mean, really, at the end of it. And I'm okay with that. So anyway, I'm rambling. That's what I got. Thanks, Rob. You're exactly right. I think, uh, Craig. <laughs> yeah. So just, just my take on the, on the meekness. If I wasn't meek when I came into recovery, then I wouldn't have been willing to, to learn. I think, the, um, my level of meekness, I think it depends on my, my level of surrender. What am I, if I, if I'm not being meek, then I'm, I'm still resisting something. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to control stuff that's going on. To me, that's not being meek. That's just being stubborn and, Stubborn and unreceptive and, and not very open-minded to, to the way things need to go. Could have a lot to do with the yielding as well. I, I relate the yielding to that uh, first three steps, turning my will and my life over to the care of God and uh, not being powerless and thinking I have this thing figured out, being the director rather than the observer, you know, all those things we talk about. Kate? Yes, along those lines, like I 
I mean, I struggle with thinking that I have control of everything. You know, I think I control my life and I'm, I'm the one in charge of everything. And obviously I'm not the one in charge of everything, but I tend to think my way is right and I'm in charge. And then I find out I'm not, and then I'm upset, you know? And so I think meekness for me is, is accept. it's like kind of what we were talking about earlier, the acceptance of the, the fact that I'm not the one that has the power. And I need to remind myself of that pretty regularly because I'll slip back into thinking like I'm in control of this. I control my life. I make all the decisions. It's me rather than remembering that. No, it's not me. I'm not the one with the power. It's it's kind of like that beginner's mind, isn't it? Where we, you know, where we're open-minded and we're we're willing to change or we're looking to change anyway and we're seeking an answer instead of thinking that we have the answer right but it's hard because i think i i slip back into that sometimes that you know no i i have the answer Hmm. i'm the one i'm i'm smarter than this and it's like "Mm, actually i don't have the answer i'm not the one with the power wait a minute stop And, you know, it's funny, though, Kate, if you do what I do, when I do that, I'll cut myself slack. I'll I'll judge myself according to my motive and other people according to their actions, right? I'll judge me like, oh, well, I meant this. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, you know, but somebody else do the very same thing. And, man, I'm all over them, you know. (laughs) That's good. You know, we can even, things that we have some knowledge about, we can even uh, have this beginner's mind with those things, that flexibility, even things that we think we know the answer, we can still be open-minded about, you know, um, just because we believe we have the answer doesn't mean that we can't be flexible and unbending, you know, at the very least, we can be polite enough to listen to a, some other point of view. And this happens for me all the time in a meeting. When I hear the person, you know, I hear someone that, oh, how can I say, oh, I got, just got to say, it, that, that I think uh, uh, doesn't know as much as I know, <laughs> and I hear what I need to hear, and I get the answer from them, and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, how the f- did that happen? You know, they know my answer. <laughs> they shouldn't get my answer. You know, someone that, that knows a lot more than me should get the answer and tell me what, you know, not. The guy with three weeks that came in, you know, mumbling about something, you know, that's who I hear the answer from, you know, it's crazy how that works. But, you know, if I'm not flexible, I'm not going to hear the answer because I won't be listening to that person. I'll discount them because I don't think they should know, you know, all those pride and ego things, those blocks that I put up, you know, if I start doing that, you can forget it. The answer is not to be found ever that's good kate thank you it's worse when they tell you things that you don't want to hear yeah i make sure when i'm in a meeting i I never get up and get coffee when it's someone that i dislike or that i don't think knows what they're talking about i always listen to them uh because uh that that's who i always hear the answers from i see kurt laughing (laughs) and they're done that for sure you know on that on on the meek um, 
I do like, like Kirsty. I like definitions for sure. Um, and it, I like this one enduring injury with patience and without resentment. Um, I certainly, I had the, the living shit kicked out of me when I walked in the rooms, but I, I mean, there was no flexibility. There was no, um, I was still trying to control everything. I was still, um, thinking I know best. Um, I still think I know best sometimes. And I, so I have to remind myself every day, the more I can, the more flexibility, the more openness I can bring into my life, the, it doesn't necessarily change what's going on in this world right now, but there's some sort of peace and, that I can get to. And it just, my life is just better that way. But this it changes is a, you though, Kurt, right? What Say what? It changes you. Yeah, it changes me. That's the whole point. And it's a better way to live. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and just, but tomorrow morning I will wake up and I will con- try to control something. And then I'll remind myself, you know, it's just a, it's just one of those things, but it seems like I get a little more peace as the more I work, the more I stay in the program and work the steps and, and, and try to live a different way. Um, I, you know, it's, it was a lifetime of taught how to control things, you know, with my family, they, my, my parents still do it to this day. Um, and I just, it made me think about, what recently uh, some of the readings I've done, it's like, what, what would have happened? Where would I be now if I would have let go? Mm-hmm. You know, would I have a completely different life? And it's just, that's fine. I mean, I, I am where I am for a reason, but how, how much suffering did I cause in my life too? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much suffering did I cause in other people's lives? Because I think things should be different than they are. And um, it, it just really got me thinking lately a lot about about that and, and where I, I, sh- I still am lacking surrender, true surrender. I could say it all day long, you know, but but um, yeah, man, it's a, I'm, I'm work. It's work in progress and and I'm, I'm liking w- what's coming out of it. But um, anyway, that's that's what I have. Thanks, Kurt. You know, you know, I always know if there's an area that I'm not being flexible, I'm not surrendering. What am I getting angry about? What's disturbing me in some way? If it's disturbing me, yeah. there's something I am not surrendering, period. I mean, without exception, if I'm disturbed, uh, then there's something there. Because, I mean, I can dislike something without being disturbed. That's not the, it's not that I have to like everything. But uh, but if I'm if I'm trying to control and I know the difference, you know, I know the difference when that happens. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Where's this coming from? Like Rob was talking about. What am I afraid of? Because that's the real question. If I want to get down to what's happening. Tina, you have something? Yes. Um, So, so many awesome things have already been said that it's just been a really good, really good meeting. Um, one thing that came to my mind was when we talk about letting go and, you know, there, I, I believe, um, well, I know for me, there are times when I've learned something from my toddler, you know, when I'm trying to force him to do something a certain way when he was little and then he shows me something different. And I thought, Oh my goodness, that is a better way. And here I am being like, no, let mommy show you. 
And then I'm like, oh, I see what he's doing. That's actually better. Um, perfect example of when I've tried to force my will. But then I also think about the times now when they're older and I think, no, I for sure know to not do this and to not drink or to not do edibles or, you know, but then I think when, what if you are completely a hundred percent right, but yet you're imposing your will. If I'm imposing my will on them, it's like preventing someone from hitting their bottom or letting them learn their own lesson. Um, And sometimes I have to remind myself when I say I'm, you know, I know for one thing, I have a higher power and I'm not her and I need to let that go because um, that's the course of their life. And unfortunately, I have to stand back and watch the pain a little. I can't prevent their pain because that's their journey and that's how I had to learn. So I have to look at that in, in related to other people and other situations when I think, okay, I can't control that for a reason. This is supposed to unfold this way, and I have to find the peace within myself. And that helps me related to other people. Thanks, Tina. This is a quote from Derek Lynn. I'm just going to read a little bit of his. Uh, That which is forceful and aggressive may seem to have the upper hand, but in fact occupies a lower position of disadvantage. Conversely, being yielding and flexible may be perceived as a weakness, is, in fact, a great strength that occupies a higher position, leading to victory and success. If we apply pressure to others in an attempt to make them do what we want, we will end up with resentment and alienation. How about uh, Wayne Dyer, Marla? Anything in uh, Wayne Dyer that you like today? Um, Living by bending. The thing I love most about studying the Tao Te Ching is its impeccable adherence to finding the great way by closely studying nature. In this passage, Lao Tzu asks us to change the way we look at the concept of strength by noticing how the most solid and durable things in the natural world tend to be soft, gentle, and even weak. That's, that's what I want to mean. If we, if we see strength as being hard, inflexible, and unyielding, he invites us to change that perception. Life, according to Lao Tzu, is defined as soft and pliable. I so agree with that. Some of my fondest memories of, this is him speaking, some of my fondest memories of my eight children came from watching their flexible, newly born bodies in awe. I could lay them on my lap and easily place their feet in their mouths or even behind their necks. They were perfect yoga masters at the tender age of only a few months or even days. When they were toddlers, I watched in amazement, often holding my breath as they bumped their heads, ran into walls without looking, and took what appeared to be nasty falls. Yet, lo and behold, they'd shake it right off. What what would have surely resulted in a broken hip or arm for an older person was hardly noticed by these limber youngsters. By the same token, an older tree that's getting close to death will become hard, brittle, and susceptible to fire and harsh winds. Since the tree can't bend, a strong gust can blow it right over. As it ages, the wood becomes weaker simply because it's inflexible. Its rigidity, which some think of as strength, has actually turned into a weak organism. Similarly, at the moment of death, all creatures go into rigor mortis, which is complete stiffness, 
and, of course, a total absence of strength. Being pliable and able to bend goes beyond the aging process that all bodies are destined to experience. Thus, Lao Tzu encourages you to apply this principle to your thought processes and behaviors. You are reminded that rigidity and hardness accompany death, while pliability and even weakness are the companions of life. Total surrender. You may have been taught that strength is measured by how hard you are in your thinking or how inflexible you are in your opinions, and that weakness is associated with those who bend. But when confronted with any stressful situation, keep in mind that being stiff won't get you very far, whereas being flexible will carry you through. Change the way you think about strength, not just as it relates to those in positions of power, but for yourself as well. There's a lot to be said for what we're conditioned to think of as weak, like we were talking about. Begin to see that strength is weakness, and weakness is strength. Just another of the Tao Te Ching's fascinating paradoxes. Here's what Lao Tzu encourages you to consider as you apply the lessons of this oft-quoted 76 verse. Be strong by bending. Be willing to be like palm trees in the midst of hurricane-forced winds. Their so-called weakness somehow gives them the strength to survive devastating storms. The same is true for the way you relate to others. So listen more, allow your viewpoints to be challenged, and bend when necessary, knowing that you're actually choosing strength. The more you think in rigid ways, refraining from considering other points of view, the more you're liable to break, as Lao Tzu reminds you that hard and stiff will be broken, while the soft and supple will prevail. Good stuff. Yep. It is good stuff. So I was I was actually thinking about um, kind of what Kurt was saying about his parents wanting to control everything, and how do, so how do we how do we bend towards people who are like that, who are just unbendable, and how we need to I I'm from experience need to learn how to respond better to people who want and think they have control over everything. So I know I don't. But I can't say to somebody, hey, you have no control over this situation, and it, it makes them crazy, insane. It's, for me, it's being flexible. It's, it's, it's flexibility in the response uh-huh. and tailoring the response to exactly who it is and what it is that you're being controlled. I have have an issue with my husband. I've got lots of issues with my husband. <laughs> um, but... You know, one of it is one thing is he 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 does like to do things his way. You know, let me do it. And sometimes it's questioning and and calling out other people's um, communication. It's differing the response because you know, like my parents. So the, my parents, my parents. Oh my god, uh, my mother. She will never change. She will never change. She is this. She is one of these control. And her attitude will not bend. That's when, if you know that it's not going to change, then a boundary, I don't know, flexible in your response to different people. Because if you know that somebody has that, that rigidity and will, and will always have that control over you, then the best thing that you can do to 
survive in inverted commas is to have the courage and the strength to say, no, I'm not engaging with you in that way. For me, it's like the flexibility to kind of read each situation, being open to kind of responding in different ways, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it's us learning to be flexible with them. (laughs) We're having to practice flexibility. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That does make perfect sense. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. Rob. Yes, the other day, um, well, first off, I've been attending a lot of webinars, and recovery has been a huge part. So I'm at work on the clock. I'm actually at home on the clock, and I'm interacting with a guy. We'll just call him John. And he's doing this inflexible thing. And without even thinking, I'm doing the whole algebraic equation in my head. Well, he must be feeling fear. And uh, it's probably because, you know, he's got so much change in his life. So I went through this whole thing without even thinking, John, you must be really feeling bad about this whole situation. (laughs) Just completely, he would pause. Because I'm, I'm not, I wasn't like this before. Um, it's kind of freeing, you know. And if they accept it, great. You know, I wasn't being condescending. And I was being serious. It's like, man, you know, that must be pretty tough what you're going through right now. And that completely leveled the playing field. It was like, he he calmed down. And he wasn't mad at me. It was just, you know, work. It doesn't take much to find something to be mad about if you're really looking for it. Um, so for me, it's, it's pretty much running this thing in my own head. And then at that point, I'm good. And if people get crazy, well, you know, I can't control them either. I can't control. I, I can pick out what clothes I'm going to wear. That's about it. That's about all the control I have. That's what I got. And if I'm going somewhere with my wife, I've got to see what she's wearing so we don't match, right? What color does she have on so I can't wear that color? Oh, when we when we got engaged or when we were dating, she picked out my clothes. We had to run around looking like twins. Oh God! Uh, there's a picture I'll put up sometime, but not right now. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, you know, it's just really learning our peace is in our in our powerlessness, is in our flexibility, in our meekness, in in learning to be flexible no matter what's going on. That's what I get out of this one, and that's where life is. Any other comments, guys? Hey. Hey, Derek. Hi. I had a couple thoughts. I had too many thoughts, actually, to try and share them all. But the most recent one is, um, I didn't think I could think this early in the morning. <laughs> uh, the most recent one was learning to ride a bike. Um, I just when uh, the gentleman for me was talking, um, I was thinking about that and, and in relation to what he said. And um, so... I, I seem to remember now the difference that it made was when I was trying to control the bike. When I stiffed up and tried to, uh, um, you know, make it go the direction I wanted it to, obviously I would go right into the bushes. And um, this is a long time ago, but somehow I remember it now. I never would have thought about it. Um, but I remember the key was the loosening of it, like letting it, like a controlled falling. If you will, and I've heard people describe walking as a controlled falling. Um, so yeah, uh, and then I also was thinking about these songs you always hear that are like the most famous songs in the world. Sometimes, like uh, I did it 
My Way by Frank Sinatra or, or uh, there's a country one that I think it says uh, I have to stand for something or I'll fall for anything and how the world um, it's pretty easy to get uh, to listen to something like that like I, I've done that and, and gone yeah that's right I stand for what I stand for and feel like that's the right way to be you know and that, that's pretty much what I got thanks Derek yeah, we want to be re. We want our opinions to be reinforced, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, look at that picture Rob put up. <laughs> How old were you, Rob? Were you out of high school there? I was twenty-five. <laughs> you look fifteen, man. I know. <laughs> Got the mullet happening. I know some mullet, I know. mullet going on. Hey, business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> And, and you're still married? That's that's good. Yeah, 30 years this June or July. Some kind Congratulations. Of <laughs> you survived the wardrobe days, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, dear. <laughs> Anything else, guys? No, happy wife. Happy life. Yes. Don't forget that. That is always true, Marla. That is always true. You're doing your your meeting at noon central, is that right, Kirsty? Yeah, that's right. Monday through Friday. And what's the URL? That's an all for any um, recovery, right? For yeah, any addiction. Yeah, it's all inclusive. www.dailyrecoverymeeting.com. Okay. S- super easy. Yeah, and then I've got um, um, I'm doing a nightly AA meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, right now we're going through the steps. We'll be on the 10th step tomorrow night, or tonight, I think, the 10th step. And uh, got some really good sobriety. I'll put the link in the in the chat for that at zoomaameetings.com, and then you've got a password for that. Password's the same as ID number. If you guys don't have nothing else, we'll call it a week. We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.